welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Matt Halloran. Now, you have all heard us talk about the Pod Rocket Academy a number of times on the show, and we thought that it would be great to actually bring an Academy member to come on the show to talk about their Academy experience, talk about what they did, how they built it. And today we got Andrew Hatherly, who is the host of the Great Divorce Podcast. We'll have links in the show notes for that. So, Andrew, welcome to the show. Hey, Matt. Glad to be here. Right. So we're going to break this down in really three parts. So the first part is going to be who in God's name are you? The second one is why in the hell did you start doing this? And then the third thing is what did you really learn? And and were you truly able to launch your show based off of the stuff you learned in the academy? So I love starting this off, especially when I'm interviewing a financial advisor, which by the way, we don't have a lot of advisors on the show. Let's talk a little bit about your history uh, as a financial advisor, who you are and what you do. Sure. I've been in the financial services industry in one way or another since 1992 when I got started actually in Mexico City as an institutional research analyst. I did my MBA in Barcelona and went straight to Mexico and it was a great experience. Fast forward, worked on Wall Street in institutional work as well, got out of the business for a while and got into serving individuals as a financial advisor in 2000. Let's fast forward again. In 2015, there's a lot of good stuff I'm leaving out here, but I know we've only got 30 minutes. So let's fast forward to 2015, where I went through a rather excruciating divorce and uh, not unlike many people. It, It cost me nine months of my life and more money than I care to remember. But I was 52 years old at the time, and I didn't realize as I was going through this, that I was actually part of a societal phenomenon of increasing divorce rates among people over the age of 50. You go back to 1990, less than one in 10 people getting divorced was over the age of 50. And then shoot forward to 2019, it's more than one in three is over 50. There's a lot of reasons for this, and we don't have time to get into all of that. But I realized when I was going through my divorce, how little I knew about divorce and divorce finances. Of course, when you get married, you don't plan for divorce unless you've been, unless you've been married before and then you get a prenup and then you've learned the hard way. But as I went, as I was recovering from this process, I thought there's so much I've learned here that I could help other people who are going through the same situation. And this is really a way for me to add a lot of value in my financial advisory work. And so I hadn't thought of niching so much back then, but I did decide to get uh, the designation certified divorce financial analyst in 2017. And I set up an outside business activity called Wiser Divorce Solutions, which essentially helps people before and during divorce. Okay. So I've got my advisor. And since then, I've got my RIA now, Transcend Retirement, and I've got my outside business activity. Fast forward to 2022, as I approach 60 years of age, I thought, thinking about my business, 
I thought, I'm not ready to retire. I feel really good. I'm adding value in what I and how I'm working with people. What can I do to maybe double down on my business and re-energize, you know, for the next 10, 15 years? And so I thought about the niche of helping people specifically over the age of 50, gray divorcees, as they've come to be known. And I thought, oh, if I'm going to niche my advisory business and my divorce consulting business, what am I going to do to build trust in the community for what I'm doing? Awareness, trust, all the components of marketing that you far more about than I do. And so I thought about a podcast and that's what led me to mulling it over in my head and then enter stage left the remarkable Matt Haller and Kirk Lowe and the Pod Rocket Academy. And uh, you guys were very instrumental in helping me, um, helping me, helping me turn that idea into a reality. We had met one of the fun things about when you join the paid version of the academies, you get office hours. So you and I were hanging out in office hours and I don't want to diminish the other marketing exposure and work that you've done within the gray divorce and with your OBA that has really helped energize and really gave you the confidence to really niche down. Do you mind talking a little bit about your speaking and the writing and some of the other stuff that you already do within this niche? I think we've got to go back a little bit because- the speaking and the confidence, they're still an ongoing process that have been propelled by the podcast. So you mentioned other marketing out there. We met at the Jolt conference in 2022, and I thought it was a great conference and some great speakers. But frankly, your talk resonated with me, and we chatted at the conference, and that's when I learned about the Pod Rocket Academy. And so I determined to do the podcast at that time. And I didn't want to fall into the trap of so many other advisors who talk about it for years and years, but never actually get around to doing it. The confidence to do the podcast, I don't know. I feel the fear and do it anyway. As you get older, <laughs> as you get older, I think it was Churchill who said, when you're in your 20s and 30s, you really care what other people think about you. In your 40s and 50s, you care less what they think about you. And when you hit 60, you realize they weren't thinking about you at all. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, I'm just going to do this. And so it's all a learning experience. It's, it was learning about podcasting, and we can go into some of the details, through independent research I did, the free resources available on the Pod Rocket Academy, which I'd like to talk about also, and other podcast research. But ultimately, I just decided if XYZ and Jay can do this. I can do this too. And it's not going to be perfect because I've in, been involved in many creative endeavors and I know they don't start perfect. But as we know, perfect is the enemy of done. I'd be happy to talk about the speaking gigs and the appearances in other podcasts, but those were really the result of getting the podcast off the ground. Oh, okay. So yeah, I apologize. I put the cart before the horse there. But okay, so this is one of the unintended... I wasn't planning on going here, but boy, you just opened up a can of worms that I want to go ahead and just dive into here. One of the unintended consequences or one of the unexpected consequences of being behind the microphone, interviewing people, being interviewed is that you really solidify your talking points and your confidence in speaking overall does increase. How long did that take for you behind the microphone before you were like, man, I'm feeling pretty confident because this was like a rebrand for you. There was a lot of branding and you did a lot of work when it came to this. And then you started the show and started practicing it. Let's talk a little bit about that process. 
Yeah, and it's an ongoing it's an ongoing process. But at the same time that I was doing the podcast, I also I think slightly before I started the podcast, I started monthly video newsletters for my clients, and just to record two or three minutes. Some and it started out about five, six, seven minutes, and I realized that was too long. And then so we're getting it down to the two, three minute range, which is probably still too long, but we're getting there. But doing those videos. When I first started shooting them, it would take me 17 takes to get something that I was reasonably proud of putting out there in the world. Now I'm getting it first and second take, and it's just getting comfortable with the process, getting in front of... Now that's getting in com- getting comfortable in front of the camera, but getting you're still in front of a microphone. And with the podcasts, I'm still not good off the cuff. I'm still... Don't tell anybody how many thousands of people are listening. Don't tell anybody. I still read from a script on some of my solo casts, which I'm looking forward to the day when I don't do that. But the conversations with people, I think I just want to let them, I think if if you're a listener, they're actually a lot less stress for me because the guests are the ones doing all the talking. So that, that, that goes out, that works out very well. I joke with friends of mine who like I'm on other people's podcasts. That's a marketing strategy that works very well. And uh, we get done with the show and I'm like, man, I felt like I talk way too much because I'm so used to not saying very much. All right. So we met at Jolt. There was something immediately about you that I thought you had it, right? We've talked about that, right? There's a personality, a show performance uh, component of a podcast or any sort of video or audio marketing that you're going to do. You joined the academy, okay? And so uh, you being a financial services professional, I'm sure there was due diligence done. Why did you end up choosing to use the academy instead of just really winging it through YouTube videos and Google searches? The Pod Rocket Academy had so much information in digestible pieces, and I think that's important in this day and age because we're all scattered, but good information in digestible pieces and it was free is a compelling thing when it's good and it's free because usually you want it quick, you want it good, fast, or whatever. What's the third one? Choose two. It, it was uh, cheap, yeah. But this was free and good and fast. It was a unicorn out there. And I really appreciated the information. And it was, of course, it was all filtering and digesting in, in my brain. And you guys had various things that needed to be done. And you had steps. And I did some other research and I think Buzz, Buzzsprout was another good help to me because they had a list of 10 things you need to get need to do to get a podcast done. So in combination with their list of 10 things and all the information that was on the Pod Rocket Academy, I just decided that, okay, we're going to do this in a methodical manner. Perfect is the enemy of done. If a $100 microphone is good enough for Tim Ferriss, it's good enough for me. <laughs> If, how can I get good sound with Zoom's advanced settings? And I think we had a conversation about this. Zoom's advanced settings were fine for my sound. And I'm always asking people, is the sound okay? Is the sound okay? And apparently the sound's okay. So I just went through the all the free offerings on the Pod Rocket Academy and everything I needed to get it rolling was there. Since then, I've become a member and you've got a plethora of, of other information available that I need to go through, <laughs> but it's there and it's been great. It's I know we're both big fans of Robert Cialdini wrote the book Influence and I think 
persuasion or persuade, and to Adam Grant, who wrote a great book called Give and Take. And I've found, and I try to model my business to a certain extent on the idea of give with no expectations of receipt and you shall receive. And uh, it's worked out, uh, it's worked out pretty well. And uh, no, it's particularly giving without expectations of receipt. Uh, this was something in one of your, uh, one of your lessons, or maybe it was uh, one of the webinars you did with Kirk or another webinar, but don't expect the podcast to bring in a deluge of clients immediately or even in the next year, but it will eventually. And it, mine has started to as we approach the year anniversary, but so many other benefits have come from doing it that have made me a better professional and have caused me to grow as a person. Yeah, we, we deconstruct that, brother. I'm glad. Thank you for walking that direction because that's where I was really, it's one of the big things I really wanted our listeners to hear is I, we get asked the question, Andrew, all the time, quantification, the spend, the time, all of that sort of stuff. What are some of the auxiliary benefits of you doing your show that you feel are maybe not necessarily tangible, but worth the time and effort? I would say principally as a professional specializing in working with people going through divorce is what I've learned because I have to prepare episodes and I have to prepare episodes either for giving a solo cast on a particular subject such as social security in divorce or lifestyle analysis in divorce. Now, I knew about social security and lifestyle analysis, but I knew a lot more after I prepared the podcast. Similar with the interviews that I'm doing with attorneys or lending professionals or coaches or therapists, other writers, I'm reading their books, I'm listening to podcasts that they've been on to get the right questions to ask them. So in doing that, I'm learning a lot of things I never knew before. A good example of that is the effect of gray divorce on adult children. Now, Carol Hughes wrote a book about the effect of gray divorce on, on adult children. And this was an area that I was completely ignorant about because when I was going through my gray divorce, one of the first questions the attorney asked was, do you have any minor children? I said, no. Okay, next question. No concern at all about adult children because, well, that wasn't really his business and it, he, he wouldn't be involved in that. And so but a lot of people going through divorce don't think about it, their adult children. Funnily enough, this podcast is become the most listened to of all the great divorce podcasts. And apparently it's an area a lot of people weren't aware about. But I, so I learned a lot on that. And I learned something on every, on every podcast. So the learning is one thing, but the benefits in terms of building relationships with other centers of influence has been great as well. If I'm asking an attorney to be on the podcast, they're usually very happy to be on the podcast and to get their name out into the world. And that's, they can put it on their social media as well. So that's built relationships with other attorneys. As I said, divorce lending professionals, realtors, divorce coaches, therapists. So the relationships have grown. And of course, there's the potential for business referrals from those relationships. But I'm going to pause you there. How, okay, could you just... You and I've had many conversations. You're just, you're maybe getting a little bit ahead of where once you get sweaty, let's pause you for a moment. How are you coming up with the names of the people to interview? How are you structuring the interviews? And how are you coming up with the topics? Because you're putting out, how many episodes are you doing a month? Now, I'm doing two a month or every two weeks. What's that, 26 a year? And 
that came about from my research with the Academy and our conversations. I think that was one of the first questions I asked you was, how often should I do this? And I am so grateful that I decided to go with two episodes a month. <laughs> I, I don't know how people do one a week and have, I don't know, maybe I spread myself too thin in that regard, but two a month is great. And I find that I can handle that. And this was the other thing with the Academy and our conversations is it, we dealt with these logistical questions. How many episodes should you do? How long should it be? Should it be a solo cast or should there be a co-host involved? Those types of questions. And that's once I had those answered, okay, it's going to be, I've decided I want to do at least for the first year, every two weeks. I think 25 to 30 minutes is enough for anybody. That's some time at the gym. That's a drive to work. That's enough. And then let's see, two to a month, 25, 30 minutes. Oh, and then mixture between solo casts and guests. So I haven't done the math, but I think it's about 50-50. And so th those were the initial questions that needed to be answered. And then the technical stuff as well. Hey, it's Matt jumping in for just a second. If you're an advisor, you work in the expertise economy where influence is like oxygen. Influence is how you prove your expertise so more people want to work with you without you having to convince them. To find out how much influence you have right now, take our free five-minute test and get your influence scorecard. Just go to proudmouth.com to start. And then, so the content though, so we, we hear this a lot, Andrew, that we'll hear that people are like, I have no idea what I would talk about twice a month. You're not having a shortage of ideas. Where do these ideas come from? And where do the guests come from? So that was in the Academy as well, I think was have your first 12 podcasts, either the ideas for them. I'm not sure if you said have them done. That would have been impossible for me, but to, to have certainly the 12 ideas to start and always have a couple in reserve. And so there's a lot in divorce. There's It's legal, it's financial, it's psychological, there's real estate involved, there's children involved. So there's one subject of, a, of an episode that should be released by the time this goes live is pets. I'm going to do an episode of pets in divorce. So there's, having gone to a number of conferences with the Institute for Divorce Financial Analysts, I was aware of probably 10 or 15 subjects immediately. And then I'm particularly interested in the element of, in the theme of positive psychology and personal growth after trauma and post-traumatic growth. And so that opens up a whole new area of podcast subjects. I've done two subjects on various tools of positive psychology, the Big Five Personality Assessment and the Via Strengths Finder. I'll probably be doing a podcast on ikigai and which is the, the japanese for content meaning life purpose and another one on the balance wheel in life which i find are very useful tools of positive psychology i recently had brian portnoy on as a guest and we talked about his book the geometry of wealth which talks a lot about issues of behavioral finance there'll be more financial topics as well but there's it hasn't been difficult to coming up with ideas and i've always got probably I probably should have more, but I've probably got an eight to 10 ideas in abundance of what I've produced. Occasionally, I find myself in a position where, okay, 
you need to publish a podcast in a week's time. <laughs> what, are, what are we going to do? But fortunately, I go to my grab bag of lists and think, okay, I can do a solo cast on this because I've already got the general idea. And you had said that, that the divorce attorneys and the loan lenders and all of these different people that are within your community, they haven't shied away. In fact, they've been really excited about being on your show. How has that done for your business, the deepening of the relationship as you had said previously? Really, it's, it's done really well. And I've had people on who I already have business relationships with, so that's strengthened the relationships. And I've brought on people as guests who I've just gotten to know and I may have just gotten to know them through the podcast. And they said, hey, I really like your podcast. I say, would you like to be a guest? And, oh, we'd love to. And so that's created, uh, certainly there's now an awareness and an element of trust there. And I think it's important that you need to follow that up with just doing what you say. If you say, we've met, we, have, we did the podcast, uh, let's let me learn more about your business and see if we can work together going forward. And so that's just being a professional and doing what you say and answering the phone and returning emails. And yeah, and virtually there've been a couple of attorneys I'd still like to get on who've been more difficult to get on. These people tend, some of them are extremely busy and I don't know, may not want to do podcasts or whatever, but it's finding guests has not been a problem. All right. So as we wrap up the show today, let's just rubber meets the road here. Is it worth it? When do you think that you're going to get tangible ROI from the show? You've been doing it for a year. I think when we were researching this, you have 26 episodes in the can right now. It Has this venture been worth your time? It's definitely been worth my time. And I would dare say that while social media has dropped on my list of favorite things, the podcast has remained there. And I think one of the keys is... Podcast is a meritocracy. You're not at the mercy of somebody's algorithm. You can post some great content on Facebook or LinkedIn, but if they decide that this week, no, nah, we don't, we're not going to, nobody's going to get impressions of this. It's very frustrating. But with the podcast, like anything, you stick at it and you make it part of a process. Don't have great expectations, but think outside your head. Think of what you're putting out in the world and then it'll start to come back to you. People will. I've had some return on investment, some tangible return on investment from people on the other side of the country who said, hey, I really enjoy your podcast. I'd like to talk to you. And attorney, uh, attorneys and other professionals that I've met and who've been on as guests of the podcast have referred business to me. So the pipeline is a lot healthier than it was a year ago because of the podcast. So I know financial advisors often have the silver bullet mentality and that something is going to bring in business right away. You can't do two or three episodes of a podcast and expect your life to change. But over the course of 26, not only have I learned a lot, not only have I developed relationships with the COIs, not only have I seen the growth of the podcast, the prove itself through geometric growth. I'll share my numbers with them, which I don't think are amazing numbers at all. Over the first five or six months, I had a thousand downloads. Over the next five or six months, I'm up to 6,000 downloads. So as you build your bank of episodes and, pers and a person finds you and if they like it, they'll go and listen to a couple and you'll get that not just linear, great, really great growth. And the other thing that I wanted to say about, is it worth it? I've got, and you mentioned this at the very outset, 
and so we'll circle back to it here, is the speaking engagements. I recently gave a, a talk at the Institute for Divorce Financial Analysts conference in Dallas. I was really proud to be invited to speak on gray divorce at the SHIFT conference in March 2024 in Orlando. I'm going to be presenting on gray divorce as part of a gray divorce designation awarded by the Amicable Divorce Network in Nashville in March 2024. And I just talk about getting outside my comfort zone. I just gave a CLE to 200 attorneys on gray divorce about a month ago. None of these things would have happened if I hadn't done the podcast. It's it's well it's been well worth it. But as I say, my advice to advisors is don't expect the world to change overnight. Give and ye shall receive and stick to it. It's like anything, like any form of marketing or any practice of any sort. If you're practicing guitar, piano, whatever, it's the hun- it's the thousandth practice in the wave when the dam opens, right? The hun- the 10,000th crack on the wall when the floodgates open. And I love the other thing that you said too, that I just wanted to highlight very quickly was perfection is the enemy of done, right? And you're going to suck at the beginning. You have gotten a lot better. I have tracked your journey. We've had conversations about that. There are little things that you were doing in your first few episodes that you have corrected and you've just performance wise gotten better and better. Your confidence has increased. Your use of the microphone has gotten better. Your guests are feeling more and more comfortable. It's apparent by the interview. And again, it is getting up to the plate and and doing this in, in, we talk a lot about this. Use your ex, stop trying to be the marketer you're not. Use your expertise to become the marketer you should be and the expert you should be. This is, you are the epitome of that. You are the gray divorce specialist, right? That's who you are. That's what you do. You have a very robust offering that you're able to talk to people, not just about the numbers, but you also get into the social, the emotional, all of the psychological stuff, all of the auxiliary stuff that a lot of other people don't want to talk about. And you bring that humanness to your show, which is why people really like it. So we're going to make sure that we have links in the show notes. If you had one final thing to say to our audience about the Pod Rocket Academy, what would it be? Say, try it out. There's a wealth of information there. It's free. And simply, as I mentioned before, through the principles of reciprocity, I felt happy giving you guys writing a check to sign up for a membership because you'd already given me that benefit through the offerings that you provide. And I like to think that people would do the same with me as well. And that increasingly, as I get information out there and and add value to people, they realize, hey, this guy's not just about squeezing every dime he can out 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 of business. It's about helping people. So make sure that you follow Andrew on social. We'll have his social links, especially LinkedIn and also linked to the Gray Divorce Podcast. And I also want everybody to know this too. If you as the advisor don't have time to do this, but you have a team who actually wants to learn how to do compliant marketing, the Pod Rocket Academy is perfect for your team too. If you're a solo advisor, you have a virtual assistant. If you're a solo advisor, this is a fantastic opportunity. But if you're an advisor with a team who, one, wants to try to retain team members more and more because education is one of the biggest reasons why people leave. And secondly, it also gives them a career track and a growth opportunity within your firm. And by the way, Andrew did say it is free. Now, it's free now. It's not going to be free forever, but it's free now. But if you want the eight hours of office hours and all the other stuff, there's a very small investment that you want to do monthly to join the Pod Rocket Academy. So, Andrew, thanks for uh, talking a little bit about uh, the Academy with our audience today. And hey, listen, your podcast rocks and I wish you all the success in the world. Thank you very much, Matt. It's been a pleasure.
All right, everybody, podrocketacademy.com is where you want to go. Uh, and if you are in a, if you don't want to do the work, but you still want to have the opportunity to become a podcaster, you can also join our Managed Influence Services and we'll have links on how you can find about that too. So if for Andrew and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Haller and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.